welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graham Young and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon as we talk Celtic on the pod today. We've got Oliver Burke joining Celtic for West Brom in a loan deal. Is this a chance to resurrect the Scotland star's career? Then we also look at Timothy Weir, who's on the verge of joining from Paris Saint-Germain in loan. And as well as that, there's Vakin Isabayo, an Ivorian who plays in Slovakia and he could be the man asked to help Odson Edward lead Celtic to the title this season. There's plenty to discuss as well. The players are over in Dubai just now in a warm weather training camp uh, as they build their fitness ahead of their return later this month. Michael, how are you? Uh, not too bad, because I know we're not in Dubai. But, um, <laughs> I think the, the boys out there are on a slightly better time than we are back in Glasgow. But yeah, not too bad, apart from that. So, the January transfer window, sometimes it can be a bit of a damp squib. Players talk about players coming in, but in the end they don't. But for Celtic, they definitely seem to be... All business at the start. They've already brought in over Burke. What do you think of that signing? A six-month loan from West Brom. The Burke one's interesting, isn't it? It's um, this is a kid we've obviously wrote and seen for years, and it, it's never really quite kicked on his career. Um, I think those of us who've seen him at fifteen, sixteen, or heard about him at fifteen, sixteen, thought we've got a, a real world-class player coming through for, in, in terms of Scotland. Um, listen, I, get, I get slaughtered at the weekend for um, well, digital boys done me for a headline as usual um, comparing to Gareth Bale but what, what I was trying to say in my column on Sunday was that back then we thought we might have our, our, our Gareth Bale but it's never quite worked out that way um, for whatever reason two huge transfers in his career and um, 13 million quid to, to Leipzig 15 million pound to West Brom we're still waiting for him to, to really ignite his career I mean he got the Scotland stuff came quite early in his career as well we're waiting to find out if he's a real deal. Um, but there's big question marks about the kid. I mean, he's what, 21 now. Um, he's not no longer a kid, I should say. Um, is this a major opportunity for him to really start showing us what he is about uh, and justifying the, the hype around, around him? Um, is that a gamble with Celtic? Maybe, because we don't know. He's, he's not got much... I think he's played about 25 starts in three or four years. So it's not got an awful lot of track record behind him. Um but he's, he's, he's got to do the business. Um, I mean, he's, he looks as though he's got all the tools. I mean, he's, he's lightning quick. He's strong. Um, he can finish. So he's got a lot a lot of attributes, but we need to see them um, because we have seen precious little of them in the last three or four years. Uh, Dougie Friedman, uh, who worked with him at Norton Forest, I thought spoke very well, just said he's maybe quite an intricate character. He, there's certain things that push his buttons, really, and yeah. there's ways of getting the best of him. But the thing that really stuck with me was he was saying that he's he's played left wing up front but he really specialises in playing in the right wing right side uh, that's where James Forrest plays for Celtic and yeah. it's been some development for Forrest under Rodgers but maybe the last few weeks before the winter break Forrest wasn't at his absolute peak is that a position realistically if Burke came in Scottish Cup game played very well would he have a chance of dislodging Forrest or do you think he'll just have to take the opportunities when I, they come I can see him actually being there to support Forrest I think Forrest has been getting kind of flogged this season um, he's one of the few that hasn't had uh, injury problems, but he's been he's played a lot of games. Um, and he needs a bit of help. I think uh, I think it's been said before that a lot of the guys when you look at Forrest, McGregor, Tierney, these boys have kind of carried that that team this season at times because a lot of the guys have, have been either coming going through injury or a loss of form, whereas they, they've had to, had to take it on their shoulders. So I think Forrest could do with a help. And I think I can see Burke being originally maybe a, a backup to, to James Forrest, uh, and then see where he goes from there. Because um, Forrest has been has been in superb form for a season and a half now, uh, or longer. 
Um, so I, I can't see him getting bumped completely for, for, for Burke, but I think Burke could supplement Forrest and give him a bit of a help, because I think he looked a bit, looked a bit jaded towards the, in the end of the, the year last year, uh, and he needs a bit of help, I think. Um, but I can't see him getting shifted completely, because he's been, he's been too vital for Celtic this year. So next up, it appears Timothy Weir on a six-month loan deal from Paris Saint-Germain Celtic. A decent relationship with, uh, obviously, one of the biggest teams in the world, Odson Edward, pressing loan and then signed a permanent deal. They obviously trust Celtic in the way they work to get the best out of players. We are burgeoning potential anyways. He's highly rated. His dad, George, obviously was a wonderful player. Uh, but this is a guy who's played for PSG this season. It's not some young player who's not been involved in the first team. What, what do you think the expectations are? I think he likes to play through the middle. Do you think that could open up... Uh, opportunities for Edward to maybe go left again that worked uh, when Dembele was there. Yeah, well, but not quite. Nobody's quite convinced that, that, that Edward's an out and out number nine. Um, you look at the runs he makes. He's not. A, he's not a striker that attacks the front post, or he likes to kind of ghost in from the left side, and he's, he likes to be facing the goal uh, rather than his back to goal. Um, where doesn't look the biggest. So he's not going to be a, a, a target man as such, is he? We don't know. We don't know an awful lot about him. All we know is that he's very highly rated at, at PSG. And he was given a new contract last week uh, as, a, as a precursor to this this loan move. Um, so they rate him quite highly. He's still only 18. So we don't know. We don't know how he's going to settle on Scotland. We don't know how to adapt to the game here. Um, it's it's a, a player with pedigree and potential. But again, question marks. We don't know how he's going to react. But 12 months ago, it was or a while ago, it was um, Charlie Masonda arrived um, to Celtic with a big uh, reputation. Didn't quite settle, didn't quite cut it. Ended up going home. Um, so there's a lot, a lot to kind of um, to to on his shoulders, and there's a lot to kind of um, unfold in front of him. We don't really know what to expect from him, but if it comes down to talent, he obviously get talent. Um, so if he can hit the ground running, he could be, a, he could be, a, he could be some player. But again, it's that big unknown. We just don't know. It could go, it could go either way. Um, but he could set up any sign. I guess it could go either way. But with this a young kid, you just never know. So you're talking about signings that could go either way. I think Celtic are about to maybe pull off their wild card to the transfer window. Vakunas of Bale, uh, an Ivorian who plays in Slovakia. Uh, Celtic for a, a long time probably lacked a striker. Dembele was very good in the air, but his highlights are uh, chock full of goals, heady goals, ability to get on the end of things. His manager last week, uh, Gav, Gavin Berry, spoke to him and he, he spoke high, highly of Bale, but there was doubts maybe about if he was the finished article. Celtic to spend £2 million on a player They've been stung in the past with guys like Mo Bangura, Mido Baldi. Is a a worry that Bale could be in the same mould or is this a guy that Celtic are hoping in the mould of Salzburg getting young players on the cheap to come in and make an instant impact? What do you think of that one, Mick? Yeah, I don't know what the Slovakian comment for the phrase is, uh, raw as a pound of mince. But I think that's, <laughs> that was the impression that he got from the manager when he was talking about him, that he's a, a, a raw youngster. Um, an interesting talent, I think, was the phrase. Interesting talent, yeah. I think yeah, I think he's polishing up, I think, by all accounts. But I mean, I was looking. I mean, have not not really been a big observer of the Slovakian league this year. Usually, I am <laughs> as well, but um, I can't afford the subscription to Slovakian uh, Sky. Um, but you look at his stats this year: eighteen goals in twenty-three games. Yeah. Also, seven assists, which is I think an interesting one. So he's not just hold-up play looks good. So he's not an, an, just a just a finisher. Um, but interesting one. I mean, I mean, talking about two million pounds, which is not not a, a small fee. Um, so it's a decent investment um, so we'll have to have to come in and make an impact but it does look an interesting one but again it's another unknown to, to most of us um, the reports do seem to suggest he's a, a prospect the fact that Rapid Vienna were interested in him as well 
I think Palmer I mentioned. Yep. So he has been watched by a few. So he's obviously got something, the, the, the lad. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it, how it unfolds. I think that's an interesting point you make about other teams watching them. Obviously, most teams have got their own scouts, but there's often times where it's pulled and uh, teams are kind of working together in some ways and getting reports from players. So if teams to different parts of Europe are all kind of noticing Bale's potential. I think that bodes well anyway, if Celtic were to maybe make an investment. So elsewhere, Celtic in Dubai right now, building their fitness back up. It was a tough end to the end of the uh, fixtures with a defeat to Rangers. But Celtic were in pretty bad shape last year when they travelled to Dubai off the back of the Hearts defeat. They looked like they were running and empty. Do you think there's this offers a great opportunity to get back to their best, doesn't it, Mick? I think they have. I think looking back the last couple of seasons with Celtic, I think they do tend to to feel the effects of the European campaigns. Towards That's the end of the year, as well, for a lot, most teams don't go through that. Yeah, they've played forty games this year or, or so, um, so they do. They do. It does catch up with them by December. I think the last couple of seasons by December they do look as though they're needing a break, and then I, I think in, in previous years they've come back looking right on it when they come back from this break. Um, I remember even back then the Ronnie Dyla's um, time in charge. They've come back looking pretty sharp uh, and refreshed. So I'd expect to see a reaction when they come back this time. Um, first half of this, uh, this season has been they have had a lot of injuries I mean you look at the, the injury list has been pretty substantial this year for Celtic they've never really had a settled side all year maybe that explains some of the um, the kind of results they've had along the way in the, in the, in the league this year um, so they'll be looking to get the batteries recharged and, and hit the ground running when they return uh, and I, w- I would expect to see an improvement when they get back with new faces as well um, which I think would help the, the place because I think a lot like I mentioned before they've been relying on the same guys week in week out who looked pretty jiggered towards the end of it um, Kieran Tierney used to feel the effects towards the end of the, the year as I mentioned Forrest Callum McGregor who, who must have been pretty knackered um, having played nearly every, pretty much every game I think uh, including Scotland um, so he was due a break um, so a wee boost in the squad a wee break and I think it will, it will recharge the batteries for the, for the second half of the season uh, one thing I was going to ask you about Brendan Rodgers obviously someone you've dealt with a lot over the last two and a half years he sp- speaks a lot about coaching and developing players training field that becomes nigh impossible when you're playing Wednesday, Saturday Thursday, Sunday how much first of what you know are uh, Brendan working with or dealing with him how important do you think this is Dubai to get back on the training pitch back to basics installing tactics and so forth that must be a massive thing for the manager uh, over the next couple of weeks before they return to game time yeah definitely it's something that, that, that Rogers has mentioned a few times over the years and likewise across the, the city at Rangers I think Stephen Gerrard noticed it this year as well that the chance to actually do work in the training ground was limited because um, the first half of the season for these, these clubs is, is bonkers really I mean the game's come thick and fast um, so I think it is important to him he is a, he is a, a training ground manager Brendan Rogers. he does like to drill his players um, and prepare them properly um, at the start of the season and in this, this break so it will give them an opportunity to kind of get the structures in place I think he has to work out a way a new way of playing because I think a lot of teams in Scotland especially have maybe figured out how to play against Celtic now um, how, how is that do you think what would be the kind of it happens to it, the teams that play Celtic's way I mean I've seen it in England with Man City as well um, to extent Liverpool last year Um Teams do work out ways to combat this this kind of the, the game that Celtic, the game plan that Celtic have. I mean, it, it, it's a quite a fluid. That's I get I fed up with hearing about four four twos and four one two ones, D ones, and all that because it doesn't exist anymore. 
the systems are all fluid now. Not, there's, there is no four three three four two four and all that stuff. It doesn't. It, it changes when you get the ball. When you not get the ball, it's all fluid. But the the Celtics mechanisms of play, teams have worked out a way to play against them. We've seen Hearts doing it. We've seen Rangers do it in the last game. Um, Kilmarnock doing it. Hibs have been very good under Hibs, Lennon. Hibs done it as well. Um, so the, the Celtic. In the first couple of seasons under, under Ben Rogers, they were, they were very good at in-game management and changing their, their style of play during the game. But the players that take that, I mean, I watched, I mean, I think some of the Rangers games in the first couple of seasons, um, when Celtic were, pl- were trying to pass the ball through the phases and all that stuff, wasn't maybe quite working. They can go along to, to Dembele because they can they can hit a target man who can pull it down and go on the turn, flick it on or whatever. They can switch it about which meant that teams couldn't press them as high up the pitch because they were wary of the big ball over the top. And a lot of times, I think the Rangers games a few times, they got caught out with big balls over the top um, and led to goals. This year, they haven't been able to do that because they haven't had that presence up front. So they had to stick with the, the kind of the regular game plan of building from the back and, and, um, and moving the ball around and waiting for the gaps. Um, and if it breaks down, if the ball's not getting moved around quickly enough and sharply enough it can break down quite quickly I mean, as we saw it at Tynecastle last season this year uh, at Ibrox as well uh, Easter Road um, so I think this this window this this gap uh, break sorry will be used to work out plan B's and plan C's plan D's uh, because and it'll, it'll dictate, the players who come in will dictate the new way that they'll, they'll, they'll set up and how they'll approach games so it will be kind of interesting to see how, the, how it unfolds as well because we don't really know how these new guys from what I hear, um, uh, Bayo and uh, Weir are, are a wee bit similar to, to Edward as well. They're, they're not quite out and out focal points either. So that that will be. We we'll need to wait and see how that's going to pan out as well. Not to bore you too much with tactics and I know f- formations are fluid. Is she going to put the hipster hat on? Yeah, here? no, I just I hipster hats on for a wee five minutes. But do you think this gives Celtic an option to maybe go two up top? I know you're saying both aren't out now. It's not something Rogers is. Or does it vary again? Does it no, because there's no such, no such thing as two up top. Because especially when guys like Edward and what we're hearing about Bale and, and Weir, these are guys that are interchangeable and, and, and they can move around the front. Um, okay. So I don't think you'll get you won't get back to the days of of three five two four yes. four two and all that stuff. There were times when there's two up and there's three up and there's four up. And there's guys dropping deep and it's. Um, Listen, you can throw the hipster manual in the bin. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> two up doesn't exist anymore. No, that's a, uh, well, a headache now incoming yeah. up. The big the man, the wee man up front. Yes. <laughs> Knock it low. Get the high balls low and the low balls high. So, Celtic, if they complete the signs away on Bale, uh, that would be three new faces, all attacking players. Where else do you think Celtic need to strengthen this window? Right back's an obvious one. I think so. Um, right back, I think, yes, yeah, stating the obvious. I think Lustig has been struggling. Um, I think some of the criticism of Lustig is a wee bit unfair. I think he's been a decent servant at Celtic, but he's he's probably played far more games than than, than even he would have thought. I mean, given the fact he was sat three years ago with him and he said he can't play twice a week. Um, so it's no surprise to see that he's he's shown signs of strain um, two and a half years on. So right back, cover at right back. Uh, I think cover at left back need as well. Um, Calvin Miller? Well, young lad, I think he's about a time. Not not quite there yet, I don't think. Um, they brought in Izagiri, but he didn't play last week, so therefore it suggests that the manager doesn't particularly trust him in a big game like that. Um, so cover it left back. I, I think the centre half issue has to be resolved as well. I know the, I know that that um, that Benkovic is is going to be there for the rest of the season. That's good news. It, it is, but it, uh, you've got, that's good news for the, the short term, but. 
as it stands at this point in time, Celtic are going to have to find a new centre defence partnership for the summer for our European qualifiers. What they are, what what tournament we don't know yet. But as it stands, that the, the Boyata's definitely going in the summer. Still could go in this window. Um, How likely do you think he could go in during January? How likely? Yeah. Depends on what phone call comes in. I think if I, I think as it stands now, Boyata will see out his time at, at, Park, at Parkhead. I think I think there's a. Um, and acceptance that they'll wait and maximise things like sign on fees and all that stuff in the summer um, however if a phone call comes in in January and it's a Premier League club in England and it's 65 grand a week um, he's not going to say no I don't think he would say no because I don't think looking at, looking at Derek Boyata's track record he's, he's not had a, a, a great fitness record over the years um, so if I was if I was Boyata's agent and the phone call comes in saying I can get you a five million pound move and sixty five grand a week in this window, I'd be saying you better take this because you don't know what's happening in the next couple of months. You could be you suffer a knee injury or whatever, and all of a sudden you're sitting in, in in the summer with no contract and nowhere to go and no interest. So I I I, I wouldn't surprise me to see maybe even late in the window a struggling Premier League team. Often, even the, even then, five six million pounds, six months to go for them. It's it's throwing buns an elephant. It's, I mean, it's, it's sweetie money for them. So I I could still see interest in Boyata. I know there is interest in Boyata. I can I could see a decision to be made from both parties in in, in January. And if if I, like I say, if an offer comes in that, that takes his interest, it's like we've got a problem because we saw it last summer with um, the behaviour when um, the bid came in and the toys get launched at the pram. Um, and if that happened again, do you, do the Celtic risk having a player who doesn't want to be there at all in the last six months of the season who's going to be being very wary about his own fitness as well? Um, it's it would be a, a real tricky question for Celtic. So I think a centre half in this window is also imperative. Um, a for cover in case Boyata does get sold in January, and B to get someone in there and give him six months ahead of next next summer's qualifiers. Then you can bring in a second one to go alongside. Because um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I have to assume that there's no real long-term future for Joseph Simonovic in there. I don't think the manager fancies him all that much. So I think he, I don't think he's going to be a long-term answer. You look at Christopher Ayer, possibly as a long-term centre half, maybe, maybe. But I still think they need they need one in in January. Um, it's just in case. So you touched upon there what qualifiers Celtic could be playing in the summer, and that's obviously dictated by the resurgence of Rangers or back on form won the last derby match between the sides before the winter break and now they've brought in Jermaine Defoe Stephen Davis signed Jordan Jones and Glenn Kamara in pre-contracts how much of Celtic's business will be dictated by what Rangers are doing right now in January do they have to answer it shouldn't be it shouldn't be Um, listen the challenge is there the league table shows that and Rangers have put down a statement they've brought in a couple of guys does Celtic need to make a statement of their own a marquee signing during this window no, I don't think because it's just because Rangers have done it. Um, there's always this cry for for Celtic to make a marquee signing. It's every every January, every every summer, the fans want a big name, a guy they know. That's what fans want. Somebody, somebody they know. It's all right, very well saying these guys that they haven't heard of and end up turning out to be good players, but they want somebody they know, um, a proven top class player. Getting them in is easier said than done. Um, it's, it's no mean feat sometimes, and especially the money swirling around these days. Um, so I don't think they need to you know, deviate too far from their own um, strategy because it has worked. If you look, I mean, in recent years, 
I mean, I know the signings haven't been so great. Hit rate of signings haven't been that great in the last couple of seasons. But they have won seven trophies in the bounce, so they are doing something right. Um, marquee player, what is a marquee player? I mean, is it a, they're not going to get a top-class English Premier League player anymore because they're earning 100 grand a week plus. So that's just not going to happen. So they have to get creative, and then you look for a kind of an aging, <coughs> excuse me, an aging star like a like a Defoe. Who who are these guys? Who's who's the the thirty five year old world class player who is going to come? I mean, Defoe's gone to Rangers. He's got a link with Steven Gerrard, obviously. That move made sense, didn't it? <coughs> Just because of the pre existing link between. Yeah, that's, that's what happens in football. It's a, it's a it's um. The market when guys go with the managers they know and guys players alike and that's how it works. Um, so it's a it's a, it's a, a move that, that suited Stephen Gerrard in the short term and and Defoe um, and fair play. I think it's a big bold move and I think he'll score a barrel of the goals. Um, so it's, it's a good move. Um, that move wouldn't come about if Stephen Gerrard's not manager of Rangers. So that's, that's, everyone knows that as well. Um, I don't think Pedro Casino would be pulling that one off out the hat at the time. So it's a big bold move. Um, but Celtic can't really get bogged down in what's happening across the city because they, they're still in their own hands and they, and they have to, to to strengthen their side for the short and long term as well. Um, so it, I understand why it's always the yin and yang and yang in Glasgow. They're doing that, we should do this. And it goes back to the old, <laughs> we spend a tenner, we spend a fiver or vice versa. Mm. Um, but I don't think they can get clouded buy it um, because you can drag it into a kind of PR war sometimes but it doesn't actually have any effect on the pitch um, I think it's more important about getting the right players rather than the right names um, so no I don't think that should um, drive Celtic to improve because I think the, 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 the motivation to be a better side should be there anyway That's a fair point Mick and one other area I was looking at maybe is perhaps central midfield Ryan Christie's been excellent uh, since he's uh, came into the team from October onwards Cal McGregor obviously plays it a lot played at left back the last time Scott Brown hasn't played as much this season but John McGinn was a player that Celtic coveted in the uh, the summer transfer window uh, didn't get him Yusuf Malumbo ended up coming out he's not played a lot is that an area do you think they could use an extra player maybe someone defensive minded good in the tackle they were a bit overrun against Rangers weren't they before the break yeah but then again I think that was because um, midfield partnership of uh, Brown and, and Cham weren't quite 100% Fit. I don't think they were quite up to speed. I mean, Scott Brown came back from injury, hadn't played an awful lot of games, two or three games. It wasn't quite hundred percent. Challenge been in and out all season, a few injury problems as well. He's the one that I think has got to step up. That's 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 that is your that is the the main central midfield player. It should be, but it's not been this season uh, for other reasons. Um, he's not he's not really stepped up to this year. I think the player seen in the second half of last season hasn't been seen this year. Uh, so you look. You look to see a better um, charm after after the new year, um, and you'll see Callum McGregor and they can play a deeper role as well. I think they're well equipped for deep line midfield players. I think they need an attacking midfield player potentially. Um, you look at Stuart Armstrong leaving, not really being replaced. Patrick Roberts again, oh, well, not really replaced. Um, but I think that would be more a more creative midfield player rather than a, rather than a kind of uh, defensive minded one. I think they've got. What guys that can do that job? Malumbu, I don't know. I, I, I'm still not really sure why he, he was signed. To be honest with you, it was a, it's a very strange one. Um, I know the how, but I don't know the why. Um, I, I don't, I don't see what he brings really 
um, to, to the party. Um, so, But they've got enough bodies in there that can play that role. It's a creative player I think they need um, to, to help unlock defences in the centre of the season. OK, well, thanks very much for joining us today, Mick. That's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with some more news and analysis uh, from all things Celtic. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at, rec- at record underscore sport or myself at Graham underscore young 27 and Michael, what's your Twitter handle? It's just at Michael Gannon. Just Can't get it send the, the usual abuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so don't forget to sus- subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.